Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Thank you, Mr. Finkel. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. What a show, what a show I have in store for you today. Now listen, there's a lot to talk about to get to in the state of wrestling this week. I forgot to go through the hashtag time machine matches. I just realized just now. Wait another week and I'll announce uh, the two winners of the Katie Linendahl-Sam Roberts Joint Venture Contest. That'll be next week. Don't worry about that. In the meantime... Get a Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast t-shirt or a Sam Roberts t-shirt or a What's the Haps t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. Get them now. Get them in time for WrestleMania because if I see you at WrestleMania and you're wearing one of my t-shirts, you're going to get a hug. You're going to get a hug and a high five. Even if you ask me not to do it, I'm doing it anyway to the point of assault. You're going to have to call the police if you don't want it to happen because it's happening. Speaking of happening, this show is going to be a happening. Got to talk about stuff in the state of wrestling. Of course, Fastlane happened over the weekend. Uh, There's a big Give Divas a Chance movement happening online. We know the main event for WrestleMania now is indeed Roman Reigns, and we wonder what of Daniel Bryan. All of that to get to today in the state of wrestling. First and foremost, I want to talk about my guest this week. Now... Of course, there's competition in the podcast world, especially in the wrestling podcast world. I don't find myself in competition with any of the wrestlers who do podcasts. I just talked to Colt Cabana at the uh, Pro Wrestling Syndicate show in Rawway over the weekend and introduced him to my wife and, and, and credited him as the father of the Pro Wrestling Podcast. You know, I've talked to JR many times. Chris Jericho and I were just having interactions on Instagram the other day, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. What more is there to say about maybe the best of all of them? You know, there's so many good. Taz, I listen to Taz's podcast. Um, I think that the uh, the wrestling fan podcast is different from the wrestler podcast. And I think, you know, if you want that, you go there. If you want a wrestling fan podcast, you go here to Sam Roberts' wrestling podcast. And I bring that up because uh, probably I put myself in the top two fan wrestling podcast in terms of, uh, you know, interviews, in terms of, I mean, I like that I like the product. I think that, you know, there's a lot of good podcasts out there, but a lot of them don't like wrestling. They complain about wrestling the whole time. That's not me. So I I think what I've got going on here is a good spot for wrestling fans to kind of sit in on a discussion about wrestling. And I think the guests that have been coming through this podcast have been pretty amazing. Uh, One of the few podcasts that, sure, I feel some competition with, but... I also give a lot of credit to is a very good podcast, and a podcast that I've done work with in the past is Cheap Heat. I've known Peter Rosenberg for seven years. I met him at WrestleMania 24 in Orlando. We were both from New York. We were both kind of new. Seven years ago, I was, I don't know, three years deep in radio. He wasn't too much uh, further along than that. Uh, But we were both uh, coming from New York to Orlando to experience WrestleMania 24, and that's where we first got to know each other. And and when you meet people in media that are involved 
into as into wrestling as you are, those connections just tend to stick. And 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 Rosenberg is is one of the few that do a great job with this wrestling thing in terms of coverage. His co-host is, of course, David Shoemaker, whose work on Grantland is amazing, and I've interviewed him in the past for his book and all that stuff. So Rosenberg and I have a very good relationship, um, friendly competition, but we also help each other out whenever possible. I do his podcast. I planned on having him do my podcast. I, I Rosenberg uh, was hosting a party for Fastlane here in the city. He invited me to come out. I said... I'm not getting paid to do this. I'm not getting top billing on this. It's not the Sam Roberts party. It's the Peter Rosenberg party. But you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to have a good time with my wrestling geek friends. And it was a blast. It was a blast. They do them, I guess, every pay-per-view. They promote these pay-per-view parties in the city. And it was a, it was a really good time. You can see photos on my Instagram um, from the event. I was wearing my Brie Mode t-shirt. Uh, but... At the party, I said to Rosenberg, dude, why don't you come on the podcast this week? You know, it's about time we talk about this. Why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you come on? He goes, yeah, I'll do that. Peter Rosenberg is great friends with Mark Henry. Mark Henry shows up. Mark Henry shows up unannounced, just like yours truly, Sam Roberts, at this Fastlane party. So this, and this is why you never know what's going to happen in the world of pro wrestling. This Fastlane party that was just announced as simple Peter Rosenberg hosting has now become, you got Peter Rosenberg you got Sam Roberts, and the most illustrious of them all, you got the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, all sitting around watching a pay-per-view. And it was pretty incredible to see Mark Henry's level of interest in this thing. Well, Rosenberg comes up with the idea, hey, Mark's not doing anything tomorrow. He's, he's very good friends with Mark Henry. He goes, why don't I bring Mark with me, and we'll both do the podcast. I said, Rosenberg, that is a fabulous idea because now I don't have to pretend to be interested in what you have to say. Mark Henry is going to be our buffer. An amazing opportunity to talk to Mark Henry. This is a guy who one of the very, very, very few, really the only guy who has spanned through the generations of the locker room. He's the only guy really, I mean, besides Triple H, who's there now that was there when Shawn Michaels was on top and has been around the entire time. Even guys like Kane and the Big Show came a a few years after Mark Henry. Um, The fact that he's still there is amazing. The fact that he's performing, you know, he's out with an injury right now, but the fact that he's been performing at the level he's been performing at this stage in his career is really, for a guy that size, super, super impressive. So I was very, very excited to get a chance to sit down and talk to Mark Henry about his career and 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 have uh, good old Peter Rosenberg by my side. Uh, so for those of you that see the photos of the two of us hanging out at various wrestling events and wonder why on earth Sam Roberts and Peter Rosenberg don't do a podcast together, I guess this is a little taste of what that may sound like because my guests on the pod, my guests, plural, on the podcast are the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, alongside my pal uh, Peter Rosenberg from Hot 97 and Cheap Heat. Let's get to the interview. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Getting very familiar. (coughs) Listen, the other night over the weekend, I'm sitting there watching the Fastlane pay-per-view with my pal Rosenberg from the Cheap Heat Podcast. Welcome, Rosenberg. Thank you for having me, Sam. My rival podcast. That's right. Cheap Heat. Yep. Mm. And 
I go, you know, I'm not doing anything for the podcast this week. You should come on. And then Mark Henry rolls in. And then Rosenberg goes, what if I bring the world's strongest man with me? And I go, all right, Rosenberg. Matter of fact, you don't even need to come. <laughs> I know. I, told, I said, are you sure you still want me to come? I can just have Mark Henry go. Yeah. But you said, no, come and sit there and pretend well, like I want you there. Yeah, I was being polite. I didn't know you were actually going to show I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, it's cool. Like I said, I found that you have internet here, so now you can talk to Mark freely and I can... Perfect. I can hang out and chime in occasionally. Yeah. Whenever I, I get something And then on. I can tweet. <laughs> and then if I talk, yeah, Mark, you can tweet. And I do want to say that everyone should subscribe. If you enjoy the Sam Roberts show, Wrestling, wrestling Podcast... podcast. If you enjoy professional broadcaster Sam Roberts... Why don't you wait and do something before you plug your shit? Like, give them a reason to listen to it. My shit's awesome, bro. Yeah, but They nobody... already know. You're right. They do. I was a guest on Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast last week. By the way. Out of town. And I'll talk to you about that because you know what I want? I don't know if you know this, Mark Henry, but Rosenberg... And we're not going to talk about Rosenberg very much. But Rosenberg told me a while back he didn't even watch WWE during the Attitude Era. He's right. So I don't know what he's doing pretending he's the biggest Stone Cold fan when he didn't even see I missed it the first time. Stone Cold when he was around being Stone Cold. He's a YouTube Stone Cold fan. Exactly. 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 Yeah. I, made, I made up. Bless Man, him. I watched Stone Cold on YouTube last night. <laughs> yeah. He's brand new to me. He's I'm a, a fan right now. I drink beer now you're because not, of Stone Cold. That's it. You're a 9.99 Stone Cold fan. Oh, how dare you? Yeah. No, you're right. But listen, you were go- you're you were going to do his podcast before me, really, mm-hmm. and then it, like ended up getting flubbed. Right. And then I came wow. in and stole it. It's true. And now it's I'm true. like the first of us marks to get interviewed by. So, but you st- you you pulled a lot of great things. Technically, from- am, am I Mark too? Yes, you're a you, well, you, you were, are Mark. You were hanging out. That's what I was going to. I gotta say, you. last night you were Mark and a Mark. Last night. Yeah. Man, I, I, listen, I love the business. You do. I will watch wrestling until they put my ass in the ground. Yeah. Regardless of whether I'm involved. I mean, I love it. The reason that I'm in it Mm -hmm. is because I loved it. As a kid. Right. And Vince saw that and was like, hey, well, tell him to come in. Let's see if he uh, would like to do this. But you never had any aspirations to do it. No. You were a power lifter. I was a lifter. And that's what you wanted to do. My goals was to be the strongest guy on earth. Uh Uh-huh. Check. Done. <laughs> he did it, and he did it, and you and you did that. You know, I think I, I, my dreams. I should have dreamed bigger. How do I you mean, dream? How, how do you dream bigger than being the fastest man, the strongest man, the smartest guy, whatever? Right. But it's like I want to do a lot more now. You still, so you still have that thing in you where, and I guess that that's that athlete thing where you want to be the best. You wanted to be the world's strongest man. You did it. Then you wanted to come and say, "Well, I'm going to go to WWE. I want to be a world champion." You did it. So now are you still do you still have that competitive thing where you want to find something you can be the best at? I, I still got it. I mean it's it's I wanna be able to evolve my website to where people could come mm-hmm. and say, Man, Mark Henry is doing this, Mark Henry's doing that. How the hell did he get involved in that? Like I'm right. I, I want people to have shock. Like how how does he even know that person? I gotcha. You know, like Mark Cuban told me a long time ago. He said, if you use the contacts in your phone, you'll be successful. And I was like, what does he mean by it? <laughs> uh-huh. He's so encrypted in the way he talks to you sometimes. Like, he'll tell you the information, but he won't explain it to you. Right, he's not going to explain. He's right. smart. Like, right. I mean, he's a smart, smart guy. Yeah. You know, we I'm surrounded by smart people all the time. That's right. But there's some people that's like, we just talked about being transcendent and something. Like, I just came in the lobby and there's like these stars down there. Yeah. I have no clue who they were. Right. But it was such a big huddled mass of people that they were somebody. And I didn't know, but 
They didn't know who I was. Right. I walked right by and I was like, mm, that's a big black dude. <laughs> and, and that was about it. Right. But I want to be that transcendent guy. You we, do. I'd love to be on that billboard that Kevin Durant was on out there in Times Square. So part of it is like you're hungry now for fame because you don't get into powerlifting for fame, I wouldn't think. No, that was for the sheer competition. For right? the competition. I was, I was of... in it for the competition. I wanted to be the best. So what happens now? You end up wrestling. You get a taste of the fame through WWE, and you're like, "This, I want to be more famous. I want to be richer. I want to be right. more, I more, more. Everybody wants to be richer. But, of course. Um, to be able to get to the point to where you do stuff, you wake up in the morning, and you brush your teeth and comb your hair. Of course, you didn't comb your hair. I mean, I don't but you, no, you know, have that no, problem. No comb shake it out and no. do something to it. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. after you do all that necessary stuff to be able to stand in somebody's face, uh-huh. I want to be able to go and help somebody else. So what's the next thing? What What, what is it that you want to do next? Is it, wrestling's not done done. No, not at all. So, But what is what is the thing that you're looking at? Like, where is this website going to take people? What What is the... I want people to see more of the philanthropic side of me. I want, I want to be able to support uh, the issues. You mm-hmm. know, like I, I've worked with the WWE for the last 20 years and uh, the Boys and Girls Club and... Special Olympics and Wounded Warriors, and um, but I love those charities, and I and I'm going to continue to work with them uh, until I can work no more, and then I can like hire somebody to work for me. Right. <laughs> but um, there's some there's some issues and some charities and some organizations that I want to support on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just because I feel some kind of way about them. Right. You know. Right. And, you know, after school programs and, um, you know, some socioeconomical groups. You want to leave a footprint like, damn, yeah, look I at everything to, this man, guy. I like, let's... like in, in the Black History poster. Right. They got like Martin Luther King. And I want to be like, I'm not going to be up there. Well, you want like two columns down. I just like, want, you know, give me two or three spaces down. Right. Like, give me, put me in now, like, maybe you're not going to get an Academy Award nominated movie. Oh, I, not yet. I don't know. No, I don't we don't know. know. Well, that's what I was going to ask us. Uh, because I, I want to do film. Well, that's I what I was going to say. TV. Mark, what's the, most, what's the most logical thing, though? Like, I think that Mark, in my personal opinion, I know you pretty to be well. arm breaker for the mob. <laughs> that's an easy job. Right. I think that right. Mark Henry could be. <laughs> you have that skill set. You made the joke once. You were like, it's about to be over for every big black dude in Hollywood. I'm coming. I'm coming. And I don't, and I don't see why, with how big you are and how unique you look, and the fact that you are a, let's not forget, you're a professional athlete and you're a professional actor. Mm-hmm. That seems like a performer. Sh- you're, a, you're a natural performer. It seems like that should be an I easy thing. I love to perform. <laughs> I want my name in light. To express yourself. But, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if with my accent and with the, my level of uh, knowledge of acting, mm-hmm. if I'm going to run out there and the 10,000 people that make up Hollywood, people think that Los Angeles right. is Hollywood. Los Angeles is not Hollywood. Los Angeles is like New York. It's a big, giant city. Mm-hmm. Hollywood is a business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's probably about ten thousand people that make up Hollywood. Right, right. five buildings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a lot of people. And then you have like the agents, and you have people that can get you two people. Right, and, and you got trainers and coaches and stuff. But it's ten thousand people. Right, it's not that big. And but but how much? Every how... last one of them to know who I am. And damn it, that's right. How much better? I was just thinking, did you see the trailer for Amy Schumer's movie, Trainwreck, that John Cena's in? Yeah. How much better would it have been if you're on top of her in bed? That's hilarious. For her, it'd be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) 
you shouldn't have said it. You don't even give that no, option. My wife would be like, you better be acting. No, no, exactly. Baby, and because she would know. The, the problem is she would know that you wouldn't be acting. That's the problem. She knows you too well. No, honey, I'm, I'm very good it, at it, it depends now. depends on if she, wasn't able, if she was not able to act. Right. right. If you had right. to coach her through it. <laughs> just, so, just act like this is not hurting you. So when you when you were a power lifter, was it did you have that desire to still perform? Like was it was there a void that was like I'm Always. not getting enough done by just lifting these weights and impressing people? Well, I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why Vince and uh people, you know, reached out to me because I didn't just lift weights. Mm-hmm. You know, I came in, I, I performed, I, I I got the crowd involved. I uh, jumped up and down and, and I told people I can't hear him. I act like I was Hulk Hogan. Right. You know, I was a kid. I, I wanted to, I wanted to uh, leave a mark and have fun too. And Vince but saw that. Like Vince he saw, saw that he saw the performer. He's a natural entertainer. Like, right. You need to go get him, you know, and I'm, I'm happy to be the first developmental wrestler that yeah. there ever was, but. Also, I got thrown to the wolves too. Well, I was gonna ask, what was the locker room like? Because they now, hated my guts. Because now, developmental is a thing. It's Everybody a thing. goes totally through. different. Than, yeah, it's totally different. Like I tell, I told the kids, I just came from Orlando um, two weeks ago, and I told them, y'all got it good. Yeah, y'all lucky. Y'all are not getting uh, food, have a food box, and open it up, and there's shit in it. Y'all <laughs> is not- that human shit? Yes. Human shit. Nice. Did you ever find I'm out who's it was? No. Why'd Xbox do that? Of course <laughs> exactly. I would never find out. Hey, <laughs> you know, I ended up in Canada for uh, for threatening people. And so that's, you know, it's. Really? It's it's a it's a lot of things that went on that just never talked about it. When I write my book, I'll, I'll put it in the book. But, right. That's smart. Don't give it away know, for free I, on a podcast. If I say something, if I say a lot of the stuff that happened to me in my career, people be like, no way. So what, what I'll made, feed you one, Sam. Yeah, Sorry. feed me one. Please do. You. Please do. Because you're not. Well, the reason he went to Canada was because he was threatening Sean. And this was when? When Sean was in full dickhead mode. 96? Yeah, this I, was, was, I was an asshole, though. You you were, well, you were both assholes, right? I mean, because Sean was, was pretty mostly, out of control then. Mostly me. Really? Because this was me, when you were I brand was new. I, was, I had no idea what the locker room was about. Being the senior guy in the locker room, me and Kane now, if one of the young guys came and did half the shit I did, uh-huh. I would beat the hell out of him. You would? And, and that, I would get fired. I get probably get fired or suspended, but it would happen. And that's the way it was. That's the way it was then. And those guys couldn't whoop me, right? So and you knew that. Me. We, and they wanted me out of there. They, you know, they. And I would imagine that, that you're worked, an athlete. You're a dude from Texas. Like you're not going in to be the brunt of a joke. You're not going in to be the bottom of a totem pole. I never have been. Right. So, so I went. I so went you walk in with being, a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, I went yeah. from being the best in the world at something. Right. And, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm helping y'all out. I'm bringing you up. And they like, you ain't did shit here. Yeah. Like, you're you still know, in the mode. you ever beat? <laughs> you know, and and like, you're sitting there, these guys are lucky that I'm here. Right. That and I'm the gracing stupidity. them. Yeah. And, and um, what did you do, though? What were some of the things you did in the locker room that if talk. someone else did? Talk. That's what you're supposed to go in the locker room, mm-hmm. shut up. Right. Until you spoke to. You, I mean, like now, when I hear people coming, I'm like, God, dang. Man, I wish they would shut up. (laughs) And I was that guy, and it just, you know, I can't go back and erase the stupid stuff I did. Nobody can. Just going in there with an opinion about everything. Yeah, man, I love sports, and we would talk sports, and I'd be like, you don't know what you're talking about. And who am I to go and tell? So 
you know, rant like, you know, just to name somebody like a Ron Simmons. Right. You know, he don't, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, like. And you, talking, and you know a lot about sports. This guy's like an encyclopedia but, of sports. But you're not even talking about the business. You're talking about football or I'm something like that. Life. Just about, anything. Like, I had an opinion. Right. And, you know, in, in our industry, you're not allowed to have an opinion until you asked about your opinion. you got to earn your opinion. you got to earn your right to voice your opinion. And I didn't. And that was the mistake that I made. But nobody told me. Nobody told me. <laughs> so how do you get sent to Canada? Does does Sean go to no, Vince was, and say, we got to get him out of here? Does Sean do something stupid? Like, Well, it's, it's more of um, you. I can't you can't threaten people, you know, like especially the top guy. <laughs> yeah, that would be a problem. You know, you got to be a moron, which I was <laughs> to threaten them. You know, it was like some hiding my crutches because my ankle was broken and I was healing up and I just didn't um I just didn't take kindly to the ribbon mm-hmm. and that was something that had never happened to me before nobody never messed with me because they knew my reputation right and I wasn't uh Mike Tyson or nobody but you know I put a few people on the ground and I mean you don't even need people to know your reputation they can look at you and say that man obviously has the ability but see in wrestling you you want to entertain the locker room too huh and there were guys my favorite of all time locker room guys was midian oh i mean i remember he was taking a nap one time on the floor in the locker room and he acted like he was gonna get up and he put his hand up like he was like he was selling somebody, hitting him in the face or something. And then he lay down and went legit back to sleep. <laughs> Just to pop the locker room. Just to pop the boys. And then he'd he do it again. Like, and finally when he got up, it was like everybody just like, like the crowd. Right. And it's like that ability don't exist with everybody. There's only a few guys that have it. Uh-huh. And some guys have marginal talent, mm-hmm. but so much charisma and uh so much ability to to grasp like your last bit of attention that they're transcendent performers. So if you're threatening the top guy because your crutches are hidden, how do you react when there's shit in your food? Oh yeah. my god, it wasn't just me. Uh me and Dwayne were in the car together at the same time and You talking about we, the rock? Yeah, we okay. both got we both got haze like that. <sighs> I had all my gear Put in the shower. Soaking that's a wet. standard. That's a pretty standard Boots, issue. Move. Everything right. wet. wet. Hiding your stuff. You know, you got. I had a dark match, <laughs> and all my clothes. I'm wringing my clothes out. Uh huh. I got a dark match in ten minutes. <laughs> and then you had to work with your boots soaking wet, yeah, trying to soaking shake off wet. the boots, pouring water out. So then do you, do you and Rock have to kind of sit there and, and, and be and each other's each other. brothers? Like, yeah. yeah, we both are literally, we have to eat yeah. shit right now. There's shit in our food. We kind of just got to put up with this. Right. You just got to put up with it. The ribbon, the ribbon never stopped. Did he get about, it more? Oh, sorry, Sam. No, no, no. You go did, ahead. Did he get it more because of his family? No. Like, he still, he also no. didn't get it. No, we both. No, he, he got it. He understood. Right. He but, didn't get the ribbon as much as I did. Oh, but he understood it better. But he understood the game, and he used to say, Mark, don't sell it. Don't Just don't react. Don't react. And I'm like. <laughs> oh, they're going to make it somewhere. You have to no sell it. Yeah. I, I, it, I'm very transparent. 
Yeah, you're the worst. You're, you're super transparent. If if I'm upset, everybody in the world know I'm upset. I saw you <laughs> the other night when we were watching Payback. You know, it was, I mean, not a, a fast lane, fast lane. And it was one of these. It was like a, it was a pay per view party, and Rosenberg was hosting it. And there were a lot of fans around and everything. And it, you know, you're cool to show up and, and pretty and pretty aggressive fans. Like not not aggressive, bad, but it was very in your face. Some of them more than yeah. others. Yeah, right. But there was one guy who kept coming up to Mark and saying hi and saying hi. And Mark looked at him and said, like, you know, still a smile on his face, but you could see in his eyes he's being sincere. He said, if we shake hands one more time, we'll be holding them all night. I shook your hand. I shook your hand. I would have held his damn hand until I left. (laughs) And I'd have squeezed every now and then just to let him know I still remember you. Well, I've seen you do that before, though. Like, you will, you're very honest about calling people out if they're doing something that's kind of starting to make you uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. And you're also big on not being, you know that you're famous. I think you're one of my favorite, the way you handle celebrity, I think, is the the best of just about anybody I know. You really enjoy it, and you're really gregarious with people. But when people treat you like you're an object for their affection, like entertainment, you don't take to that very well. I am not Richard Pryor in the toy. Right, right, not that. Right, you're not there for amusement. No, I'm there because I, I mean, like a lot of people wouldn't do what I did. Right, they wouldn't go there because they know what they would be walking into. Right, I know what I'm walking into, and I, and I, I'm gonna shake everybody's hand. I'm gonna say hi. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna hug the babies. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm like kiss the babies and hug the, the girlfriend. <laughs> and we know you'll hug the girl. All vice versa. <laughs> but. It's, the thing is, because I love being me, I love my business, I mm-hmm. love this industry, I love what it did for me, man, like, I have no complaints about life. I know people have trouble in their marriages, have uh, kids with handicaps, um, financial difficulty. Um, you know, we could sit here and name a hundred issues. I have none of them. Right. How blessed am I? And it's because of professional wrestling. And I believe that because I've interacted with a lot of people in every facet of the industry you could imagine. And almost none of them like wrestling anymore. And watching you. Wrestling ate them up. Right. But I'm watching you last night or the other night, whenever it was. And you're watching the show. You're like when Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan were wrestling. You care. I had to stand up. You, yeah, yeah you I were, had to get up. It's, and it's stand. states away. This is, they're in, in Memphis doing their thing. We're back in New York watching on TV screens with fans, and you're as invested in that match as anybody in that building was. Man, I love it. I and I was like, well, so did you love it still, though, when you were going through like those yes. early ribs? And, and was it still just like, as long as I can get in the ring, it'll be all right? Brother, you, listen. I remember a time the Undertaker mm-hmm. was walking down the hallway to go to the ring. And I'm in the back. I'm I'm actual I'm an actual talent. I'm in gear. And I sat there and just shook my head like that's the damn Undertaker. Right. I'm just tra- tracing it. Just I couldn't <laughs> believe it. And, and you're and, and you're and you're supposed to be where you are. Like you're supposed yeah, to be there. I'm supposed to be here. You work there. I don't have a credential. I'm 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 on the billboard right right they're just if you can't if you're not that i told the guys in orlando at the performance center Mm -hmm. if you can't put yourself in a place where you can humble yourself to the point to where i still watch wrestling and i act like my son right my son he's i'm cody rhodes (laughs) 
and he's throwing punches at curtains and and he's unbelievable. Just this kid's an encyclopedia craziness. too. I'm still the same way. And then like I, my wife would be like, Mark, tell Jacob to stop falling on the floor. And I told Jacob. Stop taking bumps. <laughs> you only got so many of those. Yeah. <laughs> Don't waste your bumps. Yeah. And my, my wife's like, you're not helping. Yeah, that's not, <laughs> you're not helping. That's not and, the and I'm a part of the problem, too, because I play wrestling. I I, I don't just perform and am a wrestler. Right. I like to play with my son and enjoy it like he enjoys it. And it's, it's, it's awesome. Well, I mean, and I think that's the way, you know, you should be if you can. Like, I try to be as motivated as I can be by – what would I have thought was cool when I was 13? Like, if I was 13 and looking at myself now, would, would, then I should do that. If I, if I would have thought that was cool, right. I, I should go do that. If you turn it down, it's the, I know this conversation you have in your head because the same ones I have because right. of our schedule. Right. So at night, if there's something you want to skip because you're just tired, but you think, man, if I had gotten the chance to do that, I would have never thought I'm going to skip it because I'm tired. Right. I got to go do it. You got to do it. You have to. Yeah. So how long were you in Canada for? Um, about a year... About a year and a month. And is that you figuring out how to wrestle? Uh, going to learn. Stu locking, locking in. Etiquette. Yeah. Um, learning how to deal with um, other other talent. And when you're up there, are you going? I met Andrew Martin up there. Uh-huh. Uh, Rodney Blackbeard, who was trained by uh, Bad News Brown. Mm-hmm. And got to meet Bad News um, before. I went to Canada and just, you know, got trained by Leo Burke. It was, everything was like a a blessing in disguise. Bret Hart, I was was at Bret Hart's house. Oh, wow. And he was eating cat shit off the table. Some days I would (laughs) go over to Stu's and go in the dungeon. And, uh, you know, you would see guys like Jericho up there. Mm -hmm. You know, people like, I mean, uh, fake razor, Rick Titan. Right. Right. So, when you're up there, though, probably Who will not. Be in my book and some great stories. Who, Fake, Fake Razor? Razor? Yeah, I want to kill him. <laughs> I've always but wanted. The law allows him to walk the earth, <laughs> and it's only the law. That's, that's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> He's got till the book. My far is my far is gone. That's all I have yeah. to say about that. <laughs> Do you tell him to thank God that he lives in the United States of America because there are countries. He is a lucky guy. <laughs> I can't wait to read it. Um, when you were up there, at least at first, maybe. Were you sitting there thinking to yourself, I'm, like, the best at what I do over here. I didn't sign with WWE to be sent to Canada to learn this thing. I should be on TV right now. No, because um, Brett and Owen had got in my head by then. Excuse me. Um, Those are the two people that I really, really like because they they were – they ribbed me, but it was like – uh, hey, Mark, we're going to go out to eat. If you want to go eat with us, you know, like, um, just meet us at 6 o'clock. And I would get there at 6 o'clock, and dinner went until 8. <laughs> <laughs> like, bastard. Like, light I've ribbon. I've been here for two hours <laughs> waiting on you. But it was, uh, but it humbled. Did I tell you 6 o'clock? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Every you time. Know, that's Owen. You know, right. like, Who better to teach you than Owen, too? I mean, he's the rib master. He was the rib master. And I, I rib a little bit, but it's it's play play. Right. I, I what I do you do? What's a what's a rib you would use now on one of the younger guys? Is there anything something that comes like with? that? I'd, I'd tell them to um, come out early or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, not, nothing that's going to hurt you physically, right. hurt you or psychologically scar you. Right. Like some of the stuff that happened to me. 
What did you think of uh, when you uh, you came back to TV, you started Nation, Sexual Chocolate, this whole thing. When you started being used for comedy, were you cool with that? I was. You but were? There were people that was like, hey, man, you shouldn't be cool with that. And I'm like, why not? It's entertainment. You know, like I'm, I'm trying so to So you entertain. got that? I got it. I always yeah. did. But there were some people that was so, they were like, man, you a big dude. When I look in, you know, Eddie Guerrero, God rest his soul, um, Eddie said, do you see what I see in the mirror? He was like, if I was you, I would be dead or in jail. And I was like, okay, Eddie, pretty heavy, <laughs> you know. But he was trying to tell me, you, you're not acting like we see you. Mm-hmm. And... I wish more than anything that he would have been able to see the Hall of Pain era. Well, that's what he's going to ask. That's what he wanted from yeah. the beginning. Yeah. But the reason that people love my career is the evolution and where it came to mm-hmm. and where it's come to. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, I almost talked about myself in the past tense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was scary. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's like um, – I understood, but I was having fun. Right. Like a, a lot of people would sacrifice the fun to do something what everybody else wanted them to do. I've never been that guy. It's all I'm, about fun. I man, mean, I, and it's going back to what we were talking you, about. About do you look at me and think that I could not have been a great football player? I was a pretty good football player. Uh-huh. I mean, you were on the Cowboys practice squad with Troy. You know, I, I, I mean, when I met, I got to put him over, sir. I mean, when I would imagine I not Jerry a lot's Jones, getting by not you. Not Jerry Jones. When I met um, um, Barry Switzer mm-hmm. the first time, he came to my house to recruit me and my brother. And my brother ended up going to a and and But he would always call every now and then, how's that young boy? <laughs> you know, I uh-huh. mean, and, and that, that was something that I, I loved. So in 95, you know, I was like, man, I, I'm – Am I wasting it? Could I, should I go back and play football? And then around that time, Vince called. So it was like, uh, should I go to Connecticut? My man, you know, Terry Todd, who pretty much managed me, mm-hmm. um, he said, I, I think you should. I think you should go up there and meet him. Did he? Did Vince give you a lot of money right up front? No, I, didn't, I mean I, I got a guarantee contract. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, but even that, in those days, a guaranteed contract. They don't have, like, uh, it's not like the NFL or right. basketball but where you get a signing bonus and all that stuff. In, in 96, that was, it was in 96, right? Yeah. In 96, was that still enough to get you heat? Because not everybody had guaranteed contracts. Oh, I got big heat. Right, and Man, I guess I'm that goes you, all like along. Guys, some of those guys had been wrestling for 10, 15 years and had never made the money that I made. Just to show, just showing up. Right. Did you have an agent do your deal? No. My manager and I figured out what my life's earnings would be in what I did, and me retiring from it and going toward. I would need to make at least this, <clears throat> and it escalated because of you know tax and where you were going and all that. I want to talk about the uh, – we were talking about the comedy and the entertainment and all that. What did you prefer, your relationship with Mae Young or your relationship with China's friend Sammy? Because this this is a quote. There's there's a few, like, sound bites that just ring in my head. 
from the time I was a kid. Sweet Jesus, he's got a penis. That's it. And you don't know. Nope. You, you're a YouTube fan. Don't even know that line. No, Sweet Jesus got a penis. I was in, imagine this. Picture this, if you will, Mark Henry. To be in high school and you're just watching TV and to see a guy that looks like Mark Henry going, Sweet Jesus, she got a penis. She got a penis. I mean, it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen at that moment. So for me, that's my favorite of that era Mark Henry moment. Wow. That or May Young, if you have to I, choose. I, I think May Young. You like, like May Young, giving birth to the, the hand uh, and. Still to this day, mm-hmm. the funniest moment of my life was being me, Vince, um, Gerald Briscoe, mm-hmm. Pat Patterson at the birthing of the hand <laughs> with May. How does that and get pitched? Listen, I don't know. <laughs> all I, I, Still to this day, it's all a blur. But. The, if you look at that video, if you go back and look at that, the whole time I am in complete pain laughing. Yeah. Because I'm looking at Gerald Briscoe, who has a very weak stomach. You can say, <laughs> right. oh, my God, I think I see maggots. And Gerald Briscoe, <laughs> stop, Mark, stop, don't do that. Like, and it was so funny to watch him because if you see him, he hurls. <laughs> and it's real. And it's real. <laughs> it is real. And I'm laughing and I can't breathe. And I'm asking Vince, why? Why? <laughs> and he's laughing. And just like everything with May, God rest is, uh, was awesome. The Valentine's Day, uh, us in the hotel. and <laughs> Yeah. May Young in her red a, little. Uh... She in a, a, a camisole. You know, like people don't even wear camisoles. <laughs> no. and, you know. She's got a cigar in bed and stuff. And yeah. I mean, just like, man, we had so much fun. Was it Was it when she passed away? It, Boy, that hurt. And I was going to say, it had to be so different for you than the rest of the locker room. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, I mean, you talk about you performing guys, with somebody. You guys really right. worked together. Yeah, we man, that was, that was hard. That was hard. I couldn't even go to the funeral. <sighs> I couldn't. I mean, I, I went to Owens, and it almost killed me. I, I just could not do that again. And, um... My wife was like, you got to go. And I was like, can't, can't do it. I'll break down and have to be, end up in the hospital. Man. And, she, and, and, and it's rare that someone is so, you know, a lot of times when someone's really old and they pass away, people mm-hmm. are like, oh, well, it's old. You know, they were old, though. They had a good run. But obviously. It didn't, see, with her, it didn't matter that she was old. Right. Well, I mean, I've talked to Bubba, Bubba Ray Dudley was up here a while back, and he was talking about his stories with Mae Young and how she was ageless. She would always, she would say, hit me as hard, hard as you're going to hit yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, they gave her a power bomb through the table yeah. to the floor. Yeah. We got guys now <laughs> that would not do that. Couldn't do it. It'd right. Put them in the hospital. Right. And Mae Young gets up and walks and out. Gets up and walks out. <sighs> not carried out. I think she even told them. At some point when they were working on those things, she was like, no, you can do it harder than that. You're, protect- yeah. you're protecting me yes. too much. Yes. It's not going to look real enough. Yes. Just, man, so how she, is it? She was special. To go from, like, situations where you have that stuff going on, whether it's Sammy or Mae Young stuff or all this stuff, to the era that we're kind of in now, which is PG, like, as a performer, you're one of the few guys that made that transition. It's kind of you, Kane, and Big Show that got to see that era and this era fully. What is it like to perform now as opposed to then? Um, it's not 
more difficult or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's what you mean. Is it as fun? It's as fun to me. It is. I mean, I can't speak for everybody else. Well, I guess it also helps that you've had, like, during this sort of quote-unquote PG era, you've had, like, the hottest run of your career with the Hall of Pain. Oh, definitely. I, I mean, the Hall of Pain is uh, even the uh, uh, Bent on Destruction is just as in, 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 you know important to mm-hmm. me um, because of what I've done with it. And uh, people say that, you know, you're, um, you're only as good as your last match. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a lot of bad matches. Yeah. Did you, know, you did you, because ever... I, I, I want to go and I want to be remembered every time if it is my last time. Cause you don't know. I'm not out there just click check. Right. They, I mean, I'm not going to say you don't have to pay me. I'll do it for free. <laughs> yeah. But I will do it for free. Uh-huh. But and don't I, tell them. I know a lot of people don't tell them. Don't tell them. There's a lot of people that have. You know, there's a lot of people that do. That's one of the things about the Indies that I love so much. I remember seeing Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. five years before he came to the company. Yeah. Probably, I mean, like, well, four years. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was entertained me then. Yeah. Sami Zayn, the... Um, he, he was another one that I I, I really liked a lot. Uh, El Generico, that, that was good Crazy. stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's a veteran. These are guys who are practically veterans. And the, right. and the fact right. that Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen is now down there and they're right. doing that again, is like it's amazing to see. He's going to be good, too. I think so. I think so, for sure. But um, I don't want people to get caught up into, I told him, I said, you are exactly what I am. It's in, in the sense that the way you look mm-hmm. is the way you're going to look. Right. Don't let don't let people tell you that you have to have a six pack and uh, look like John Cena to get it done. Like there's a famous quote in um, Wesley Snipes played the character Nino Brown and mm-hmm. uh, New Jack City, and Christopher Williams, pretty guy, handsome guy, all the ladies love him, and he stabbed him in the hand. He said, "Pretty son of a." I never liked them anyway. I realize I am not cute. <laughs> I don't have to be cute. I have talent. Right. That's what and I like to tell myself, too. <laughs> Except uh, I'm working on it. Working you know, on I it. can confirm one of those two things about me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got talent, and I don't mind getting dirty mm-hmm. if I have to get dirty. When you were uh, uh, talking about, like, you know, make sure you wrestle these matches as if it were your last match, you've gone through periods in your career where you aren't doing much. When that right ha- now, right now. I mean, you've been injured well, now. I'm hurt. Yeah, but I, I, mean, I mean more like when you're going through the thing where you were teaming with MVP and it was like, well, we're not really doing anything with these uh, guys. Oh, what you are mean, you talking yeah. about, man? That was some good stuff. It was good, uh, but it wasn't the like. The Kool-Aid era. <laughs> the big red suit. <laughs> red suit. The I big, mean, yeah. So 140 pounds because I was in pain and I couldn't train. That's the uh, thing that people don't understand. I have to, you know, I'll, I'll explain stuff when I'm done. But man, I was in so much pain. Mm-hmm. If I if I walk for more than five minutes, I would have to sit down because of how bad my knee and my ankle felt. Opposite legs. Damn. And meanwhile, I rolled, I rolled my ankle so bad that I couldn't put my boot on. And then my knee was destroyed. So how'd you get your boot on? Well, I mean, I, I had to wrap it, like tape it. Damn. I had to, 
you know, like God, thank God, you know, for Chris Brennan and and, and Larry Heck, mm-hmm. you know, our trainers, they would wrap my ankles so tight that I could only have it taped for five to 20 minutes. Because it's cutting off the circulation. Because it was going to cut the circulation off. Man. And I would get that boot on. I'd be like out there doing our stuff and nobody would be the wiser, but you know, I couldn't train. I gained like 30 pounds during that year and a half period because all I was doing was limping to the locker room, Mm -hmm. putting my gear on, stretching a little bit. I couldn't even really warm up. And the slowly at the end, I started to heal up and I started to get better. And me and MVP started tagging in and out. Then it became like it was something, but it was Jerry's show time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, you got to do, you know, you got to know your role and shut your mouth, as the rock said. When that stuff is happening, though, when you're in that spot in your career, do you worry, all right, I hit my peak. Like, this is, I don't know if I'm going to get never, that back. I never felt that way. You didn't? I never felt that way. You said, I'm going to have time to get this back that's, again. That's the thing about our industry is you have to be able to do that. Nobody knew that the Hall of Pain was in me. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew that the Bent on Destruction was in me. Um, it was there. It just, you know, had to be brought out. And um, I enjoyed everything that was before that. But the, it was it was harder for me because I, I've, I've lived my life um, – kind of about a the credo don't don't uh don't make waves when you know the water's smooth mm-hmm. and the hall of pain leading up into that it was there was a lot of frustration and angst and it started to show in my work and they were like man you you look like a killer right now and it started to, and I don't know, I don't even remember. The Hall of Pain just came out of me in a, in that promo. That wasn't something that was scripted. Mm-hmm. Like, I did that. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Vince's genius is he will take your idea and he will make it something. You can't do it on your own. Right. He'll turn it into a brand. He'll turn it, he'll into, turn a it into a brand. Yeah. He'll, make it, he'll make it run. Right. And that's why, like, you know, when I when I when I was in Orlando and I, I talked about creativity and psychology, like that's something that needs to be more prevalent than just having a six pack. Right. Yeah. It, 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 it's something that people have to watch, like something compelling right. a story that like, I want to follow. Let me let me feel something. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I was going to also bring up my... and if you didn't at Fastlane, if you didn't feel. Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, you are dead inside. Absolutely. I agree. That was a good match. And it's it, rare it's rare for that to happen inside of a match, too. It wasn't the promos. It wasn't the, it was the it match. It was in a match. Yes. It, it was it was man, them dudes earn their money. Well, you they t- earn their money live. You talk about making people feel things. I have two Mark Henry quotes that for some reason just stay in my head. One, we discussed. She got a penis. <laughs> two is I know what this is. I still got a lot left in the tank. Classic. Because you talk about a moment where you made people feel stuff. And this was going on at a time on TV where, like, me, as somebody who's been watching for 25, 30 years, since I was a baby, you know, I give myself credit for when I was, like, born. You should. But me, who's been watching as long as I've been watching, nonstop Rosenberg. I get it. Nonstop. I'm kind of— Very impressive. There are moments where I get jaded, and I'm watching TV going, like, yeah, you know. I know what the show is. 
I watch the show every week, but you know, the show is the show. I'll tell you sometimes. Exactly. And then for you to come on Except when I'm out. and do the fake retirement into leading up to this John Cena thing, was that among the favorite things you've ever done in your career? It, oh, definitely. It was. It, it definitely was. Like the uh during that time I was I was th- I was in some pain then. Mm-hmm. And I was coming off this, and I started to feel good again. And I was like, wow, man, I I think maybe it's time to hang it up. And I legit would, you know, thought, you know, this is it. Me being out here hurting now, I feel good. This Is this what feeling good feels like? Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I'm going to just call it a game, call it a career. Right. And it got to the point to where, Everybody I knew felt that way. I mean, what well, didn't feel that way that I should retire. People were like, man, you don't need to retire. Like, cut it out. You're not going to retire. I'm like, yes, I am. And it was, you know, I, I've known Peter for close to seven years now. Something like that. Five years, five years. Five years. And when that time came, did, didn't you know, then you could look at me in my face and tell that I was going, I was done. Yeah, I mean, I thought I was pretty. I was pretty sure the end was very near. I didn't think you were going to sign again. Right. I didn't know that you'd then have the last run that you've had. I wasn't sure. I'm never sure with you though, because I think, just like everyone else who loves it, you can't let this go. Like it's very hard for you to let go of this. Yeah, it's hard, man. It's it's real hard. But during that time, if you looked on the internet, it was it was Mark Henry's done and this, right. that and the other and all the social media and you know the people in entertainment that are wrestling um, they were like com- convinced like that was it was over so that was me in my soul without I didn't need um, I'm, I'm hardly scripted right I, I like to do my own thing the the brain trust in our company I love working with those guys but the the best advice Vince ever told ever gave me was go get it. Do it. You can't make a mistake if you're going hundred miles an hour. And that's the way I approach it. When I go to the ring, I cease to be Mark Henry and I become wrestling. I am in the embodiment of wrestling and sports entertainment walking to the ring. It's it's real. Mm-hmm. It's real you to me, believe damn it. it. It's still real to me. It's still real to me. I try to tell people it's still real to me, too. I know. And that's why people say, oh, wrestling's fake. That's why it pisses me off, because Mm -hmm. I am emotionally invested every step, every breath I take. And when I get there, I say what's on my mind, and that's the kind of stuff that comes out. Yeah. Welcome to the Hall of Pain. I got a lot left in the tank. And so on, and so on. And that, that I got a lot left in the tank. You're not talking to John Cena. You're talking to everybody talking who's to out everybody. there saying he's done, he's done, he's done. But does does right. it then frustrate you, though, the way it kind of can frustrate us as fans? You have that amazing promo. Then you followed up with a hell of a match on the pay-per-view at the Barclays. And then it's over. Yeah, and then you, they didn't do. We 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 thought you had three pay per views with Cena or something. I was going to ask the same and thing. Then, Were and, you disappointed? It wasn't a run. It was a single match, and that's that. Like you'd think no, that I, build. It was the strongest build to a match. In a long time. Right. A lot of the reason that I've had an 18-year career and I wasn't a spot wrestler for one period or a little bit 
is I know when to interject and I know when to step back. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about me. Mm-hmm. I, I love our fans, but our fans are not the ones that are producing an epic television show over a long period of time with 75 talent. 75. Mm-hmm. And there's probably another 15 that could do it. They're just not completely ready. Mm-hmm. So, you know, who am I to stymie everybody else? I've, I had a great run, and I got, like, I, you know, I, you know, not to be funny, but I, I, I still got a lot left. So you're but, not done, not by no, a long shot. I'm not done at all. Um, until somebody can consistently beat my ass, <laughs> I'm still here. In other words, until it doesn't look like you believable. Until- I don't, I don't want to be the guy that comes back and I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. And I'm just another big guy out there in tight clothes. Right. If I'm, if I ever feel that way, or one of my people that I trust their judgment says, man, you, you looking like an old dude out there. Done. Well, listen, I got a lot left in the tank myself, but I'm going to have to let you go. All you right. got things to do. We all got, got stuff to do. But, too. dude, I could talk to you for another two, three hours easy. You're one of the guys that's seen it all and done it all. Appreciate you being here, Mark. Oh, man. And, awesome. I mean, Rosenberg, way to come through, pal. Oh, I deliver. You that's certainly what I, do. That's what I do. You what know how much he just paid me to do that? <laughs> what a way. And by the way, for those. I'm going to collect. You, I hope he got his checkbook. I got it. You were at, tell me, you were at Peter Rosenberg's wedding. Is that right? Yeah. Fact. My God. My God, you too. My first, like my a first modern day Jewish odd couple. Way. By the way, I do want this to happen though, and I want WWE to listen to me on this. Okay, okay? they need programming for their network. Don't start getting heat here on this uh, podcast. I'm not, I'm not going to start already because he's everywhere he goes, he's a heat seeker. I'm not going to. I'm not going to attack anyone. I'm just saying when Mark does decide that he's into the last six months or a year, if he can ever make that hard decision, like this is it, mm-hmm. the network mm-hmm. needs to take cameras to his house in Austin with his beautiful family. And follow what it's like to have your last six months in the WWE. I think that would be compelling television. Be and great. your family is so charming. His children are so adorable. His son is so obsessed. His son, who no matter what they do, is going to be a wrestler one day. <laughs> I mean, I want I want Jacob to be able to do whatever he can. But the kid is it's in him. It's it's like you can see it the second you see him. You see him shaking his head. Yeah. It's it's undeniable. I just think that would make fantastic TV. You know, you talk about the kid, and I know that we. Well past time. My daughter loves Diana Ross. Loves her. Bought her tickets to go see Diana Ross the other day. And, brother, out of all of 6,000 people, who did Diana Ross pull on the stage? My daughter. Your daughter. Boom. So That's what I do. She is on the stage with the person that she idolized the most. Like, my moment with Andre, she had her moment with her favorite. And you can see that in her eyes. And you can see it. And, mm-hmm. like, talking to her is like, she now she wants to sing. Dad, I want to sing. I want to <laughs> do. I said, okay, baby, you do she whatever got the you want to do. She, she got, got the it. taste. See, that's what she wants to do. That's it, man. Well, I've. So. Jacob will be a wrestler. wrestler and she's going to be a singer. If they come from, she'll be from, from the loins of Mark around. Henry, I only have faith. Uh. Thanks for hanging out, both of you. Appreciate and, it, man. By the way, Rosenberg, I don't mind when wrestlers do podcasts. 
Just going to put that out there and open By that. By the way, if Mark words. Henry wants Ooh. to do a podcast, I'll gladly produce it. Some of you other guys still owe me a phone call. I don't think so. I'm asking these wrestlers to check in with me before they start a podcast. Get a little bit of advice, a quick quick lesson. A little tutorial. I guess so. Because if I show up in someone's wrestling ring without spending 10 years getting my ass kicked first, wrestlers <laughs> are going to start crying. Exactly. Mark. You see what happens in their business if you don't, do your, if you don't pay your dues. He's on his soapbox. Oh, yeah. Is. He is. Holy shit. I did it on Austin's podcast. I did it on my podcast. Shit. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> All right, Cheap guys. Pete on iTunes, by yes, the way. Yes, yes, yes. Subscribe to Pete's podcast. If you like this podcast, you're going to love Rosenberg's podcast. Cheap Heat. It's on iTunes. It's part of the Grantland Network. It's a big deal. Get so, ready in uh, a couple of weeks. Check that out. What? My website. Oh, Boom. Mark and Henry website. Do you yeah. want to give out the website yet, or you want to... When it when it's out, I'll plug it yeah, we'll, when it comes we'll, out. We'll get it all really worked out. All right, man. Thanks for hanging. All right, brother. Thank you. Here is Sam Roberts. That's right. The world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Amazing to get to sit down and talk to that guy for that amount of time. And, I mean, I could, I could do another two hours with him. You forget how many stories that guy has. That's going to be a book that you're going to have to get. When that book eventually comes out, I think it's going to blow people's minds. Uh, and thanks to Peter Rosenberg for helping hook that up. There will be eventually a podcast with Peter Rosenberg uh, solo, maybe with his partner, uh, 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 David Shoemaker, the mass man from Cheap Heat. Well, we don't have a lot of time, so let's get right into it. By the way, I'm going to plug the t-shirt store again, prowrestlingtees.com slash Sam Roberts for all your Sam Roberts apparel. In the meantime, let's start this state of wrestling thing. There's only a couple minutes left. Let's go. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. That's right. So look, the big Twitter trend, I think, uh, Twitter trending is good. WWE is so into trending on Twitter. And everything that I've heard, I've read, I've talked to people, and the numbers that WWE does on Twitter just crush everything else. I mean, I made the conscious decision while Fastlane was on to not live tweet the Oscars. And that's a big deal for me. I always live tweet over at not Sam on Twitter. I always live tweet the pop culture events. Always. So when fa- but I also live tweet wrestling. So when Fastlane and the Oscars are on at the same time, I'm going, okay, you know, which way am I gonna go? Now I'm going to this Fastlane party with Rosenberg, so I go, okay, screw it. Fastlane, I'm gonna send out a tweet about the fact that I'm not tweeting about the Oscars. Nobody's going to miss it. And I made the right call. I didn't tweet that much because I was hanging out with everybody there. I was actually uh, uh, taking part in real life for a change uh, for me. Uh, I wasn't being antisocial and just watching with my phone. Uh, But I got something like 750 retweets off of five tweets total watching Fastlane. I think I made the right choice. The social media presence that WWE has created is really incredible And that's one of the many things that I don't think that they get enough credit for as a brand, as a real company, of saying, look, every company now is trying to figure out how to better utilize social media. And WWE is one of the few where it doesn't really, it doesn't blow up in their faces. And, and, and it really, it cuts through. Not only do they have dozens of internationally trending topics every single show that they're on. But every now and then, and this is where it gets valuable, you get something that transcends through the show. And the fact that you know, days after this week's episode of Monday Night Raw, hashtag give divas a chance is still trending. That's where the money is. That's what's amazing about WWE, that you have a, a fan base that's so passionate that they'll take a topic like that. And actually now, because 
Now you're not just watching a show and tweeting about it. Now you're actually creating a conversation. And that has a, a, a serious, serious value. I mean, that's the whole reason to get the, to get the uh, uh, trending topics going. It's the whole reason to try to engage social media is to make a conversation happen. Now, of course, Give Divas a Chance is in reference to the fact that seemingly overnight, and I think NXT has a lot to do with this, the fan base, the WWE fan base has decided that the Divas matches are no longer bathroom break matches and should be taken way more seriously. Uh, the, the catalyst for this was the fact that the Divas match between Paige and Emma versus the Bella Twins on Monday night lasted all of 25 seconds and included two moves. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the kind of internet buzz that's going on around NXT and the stuff that they're doing over there with their their women's division. I mean, they're putting on matches that are arguably match of the night every time with Charlotte and Sasha Banks and, and, and Bailey and, and, and everybody who's over there. They're doing incredible, incredible things. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Sarah Del Rey is training down there. I said last week on the podcast, Sasha Banks is my favorite wrestler. Obviously, I support the hashtag Give Divas a Chance, and I think uh, the Bellas have made incredible, incredible improvements in terms of being in-ring performers. Uh, I think Alicia Fox is great now. I think uh, so many, obviously Paige and Emma are incredible. Um, so many, I, Naomi's great. Everybody, everybody uh, uh, is is good, and you have a, you have a, a women's roster that, like I've said about the men's roster, is as talented as it's ever been. I personally have no doubt in my mind that Give Divas a Chance is a complete work. The WWE put on a thirty second Divas match to get people riled up and to get. I mean, I'm sure somebody over there was starting the social media trend. The point is that it worked. I think it's a complete work, and it's something WWE is consciously doing. They put on a bad Divas match to get people riled up and to get people in support of the Divas. I think it's genius. I think it worked like a charm, but I think it's a work. Um, I, I tweeted out a thing about it last night. So, um, so I mean, I'm, I'm with it. I love the cause, and I love that they're incorporating social media, but that's an example of using social media so, so properly. Now, speaking of the Internet fans, you know, uh, there's been a lot of back and forth. Now that the WrestleMania card is finally being flushed out as to whether or not it's a good card. And I got to tell you, at this point, maybe it's controversial. And I know the interview that he did on this podcast got him a ton, a ton of heat. But after watching the way his promos have gone, after watching the way his character has developed, and after watching his performance with Daniel Bryan at Payback, I'm kind of fully on board with Roman Reigns. I got to be honest. I was watching Raw this week thinking to myself, I am really excited that Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar is the main event for WrestleMania. And it is none of the guys that we've had in the past. It's not, you know, you know I, I mean, I think Randy Orton is amazing, but he's been in tons of main events. It's not Randy Orton. It's not Batista. It's not... You know, last year you had the Daniel Bryan moment, and that was good. It was a new, it was a new waste to put the title on. But look at the WrestleMania card, 
And look at how much work is being done to push the WWE into a new generation. I think that's exactly where it needs to go. I think that that is an incredibly ballsy move to, at this point, you've got a guy like John Cena, who still, as Mark Henry has said, has got a lot left in the tank. You got a guy like Randy Orton, who's got a lot left in the tank. You got uh, people like Batista and The Rock and all these, uh, Jericho, all these guys you can call in. And still, the company is self-aware enough that they know they have to build their new talent. So let's, let's think about what you've got. You've got Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Brock Lesnar, a specialty act that you know, you're going to tune in to see every time. And Roman Reigns, this is a match we've never seen before. This is a guy that we've never seen get a title shot. This is, this is, I wish that we could all remember how excited we were about Roman Reigns a year ago. I wish we could all remember how excited we were about Roman Reigns when he was in the Shield, when he broke away from the Shield, when he dominated the Royal Rumble last year, right before he got his injury. Right before he went out with the hernia, I wish we could all remember how excited we were about Roman Reigns. I am excited about Roman Reigns. I hope that he goes forward, and I hope he wins the title. I hope Roman Reigns walks out with the championship. Because you're in a situation now where you've got somebody as young as Roman Reigns main eventing this show. I hope they close the show with this match. Like, that's balls. I hope they close the show with this match. I think they should have closed Raw with the Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman uh, 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 segment, Daniel Bryan segment. I think Roman Reigns should be looked at as the guy right now just because it's now or never. Let's sink or swim in this moment and just and, and let's get him over. Maybe the fact that Brock Lesnar was supposed to be on TV and for whatever reason was not is the reason that it didn't go on last and went on, you know, in that middle hour instead. But... There's no doubt in my mind that Brock Lesnar, I mean, that Roman Reigns should be treated like he is the marquee player. And I think they're doing a really good job of acknowledging what the audience is thinking with Daniel Bryan's promos. I think they're doing a really good job of developing Daniel Bryan into something that still, as I've said before, is really flirting with heeldom, is becoming very self-aware of the fan support for him and is slowly losing his humility. And once Daniel Bryan loses his humility, that charm that we're drawn to, that Rudy underdog thing, goes away. That's the whole thing is his humility. It's not just his size and his heart and all this stuff. It's the fact that he's humble. So once he's not humble anymore, you've got a really interesting character, and I love where it's going. I think it's a, I think it's a great move. Um, but you've got Roman Reigns. Possibly winning the title at WrestleMania, which is huge. It's the it's it's a guy, it's a young guy who could be in the company for the next ten to fifteen years, holding the title for the first time. It's a major moment for him, for the company, for us as fans. Then you've got this main event scene where you've got Bray Wyatt, who's obviously going to come off WrestleMania looking like a million bucks, no matter what happens. You've got Daniel Bryan, who. Just because he's not in the WrestleMania main event does not mean he's not a main event player. He is obviously being groomed to be one of the top guys. You've got Seth Rollins, obviously being groomed to be one of the top guys. Right there. Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, uh, and Daniel Bryan. A whole new generation where we don't even have to think. Uh, we don't even uh, uh, bring into the fact that there's Cena and there's Orton. 
And there's all these guys. You've still got Dolph Ziggler, who's just on the cusp of possibly doing something. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? You know, you got that whole faction of, of Ziggler and Ryback and Eric Rowan. And then you've got uh, right under those guys, you've got Dean Ambrose. You've got Wade Barrett. You've got John Cena going into WrestleMania to take on Rusev, who's been pushed to the moon throughout this whole process. And he's another guy. I mean, for so long, people were saying that the WWE is stale, that they need new talent, that they need to push young guys. This is our moment. This is when they push new talent. This is how we stop being stale, get new faces on TV and new stories. But you've got to give it a chance. You can't act like you know what's going to happen before it happens. The fans can approve and disapprove of things, but I just wish the fans would act a little bit less like they should be the ones writing the show. You have to have faith in the fact that WWE has always had people on staff that write these storylines. It's not always up to the audience. Like You have to have a little faith in where WWE is going. If you have no faith in where WWE is going, you shouldn't be watching the show, period. If you do not trust WWE to give you a compelling product, you should not be watching the show. Don't try to rewrite it yourself. Don't, you know, bash everything that comes on TV, boo every good guy, cheer every bad guy. It does nothing. It makes everything too complicated. Just stop watching if you don't like it. And then if they start doing stuff that you do like, start watching again. They'll see it in the ratings. That's what's going to change things. But sabotage won't. You know, they flirted with that before. I think they're doing a great job again this year of dealing with it without repeating what they did last year. And I'm very excited to see Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania this year. And I hope it stays that way. I honestly, I love Daniel Bryan. Love him. Not like that. You know, like I don't, I don't, our relationship, I've, you know, talked to him a few times, but our relationship is not enough where I would say I'm in love with him. But as a performer, I'm saying, I love that guy. Not like I want to date him, but like I enjoy watching him on television. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, you got, you finally got championships on Cesaro and, and Tyson Kidd. You know, there is stuff going on to celebrate. And I think we got to pay attention to that. And I think we gotta, we got to see where this is going and see what happens with this new group of guys. Look, I'm way over time where I should be. Make sure if you're going to want if you want to get a new t-shirt for around WrestleMania time, go to prowrestlingtees.com/samroberts and get one of mine. You'll be one of those inside guys. You'll look cool. A lot of people won't know what it is, but when people do, Oh, will they put you over? Oh, what a pop that'll get from the other Sam Roberts fans. You'll be very, very cool. It's one of those things. But, oh, what's that? No, don't worry about it. Then you find somebody who knows, and they're like, yep, I'm in the club. That's the club you want to be in. Follow me on social media. The Fink will tell you all about it. Uh, and I will see you next week when a winner will be crowned to last week's hashtag Time Machine Match Contest. See you then, everybody. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.